sit back in your seats, get something to eat, and watch this movie. Don't let the kids see it, because, well, let, let, we'll let you hear the, the um, beginning of Thank you. Hello and welcome to Left of the Projector. I am your host, Evan, back again with another film discussion from the left. I'm happy to announce that you can now sign up and be a paid subscriber to the show directly from Spotify. So you can just pop on there and support the show. Also, if you would be so kind as to smash that ratings button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this show, right now as always you can follow the show on tiktok and instagram at left of the projector pod enjoy the show all right this week we will be talking about the 2009 film district nine and joining me i have leftist libby uh, Nat and Ryan, uh, Nat and Ryan each have their own podcast. So sorry, Libby, you don't have a podcast, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> if you both want to just quickly let everyone know what, uh, I'm, I'm enough without a podcast. It's okay. okay. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I do the conscious environment podcast. It's on everywhere that you can think of a podcast being on. It's a anti-racism podcast. So talk about a lot of different social issues, but from the perspective of different topics. So we've talked about undocumented immigrants. I'm actually this upcoming week. So I'll say the date, February 16th, uh, the episode, uh, we're recording an episode about AAVE and whether or not it's like a language, you know, what the difference is and explain it. So I'm going to have a linguist on and we're going to talk about that. It's a weekly show. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Nat. I, uh, am the writer and producer of collective action comics. I just do history and politics through the lens of comic books that were produced at the time. Uh, and currently I'm working on, um, Mark Miller's the ultimates, which was the, the blueprint ostensibly for the MCU. And it's like right at that perfect, um, psychotic nexus after we'd invaded Afghanistan, but while they were propagandizing us to invade Iraq. And it's part of the like feedback loop where it's like responding to the propaganda and then adding to the unholy chorus that was the propaganda. Awesome. Well, it's actually, it sounds like both of these are like relevant, very relevant indeed for even this movie. Actually, you mentioned Ryan immigration and or, you know, that you've had topics like that and, you know, uh, the other pieces to it. So um, as far as this movie goes, I have seen this movie a bunch of times and I feel like every time I watch it, it makes me feel somewhat uncomfortable, but like in a good way of watching it. I don't know if anyone has that feeling about it. I think it's like the kind of style the like found footage is such a cool avenue for a movie in general. And so I don't know if anyone else shares that discomfort. Keeps holding up, you know, like it, it's been yeah. over a decade now. It's still it's still there. It's still holding up. And um, it's it's just you can draw a line from every point in the movie to the apartheid, like everything in South Africa. And um, I can't wait to dig into that and um, really unpack all that. The body horror gets me every time. Um, not to jump too far into it, but when he pulls his nail off. <laughs> 
That it's it's, it's I don't horrifying. know what it is. I'm just like squeamish about like finger stuff or hand stuff. Like and it's literally it, that's the whole movie is like it's his arm and I'm just like ah. You know the awful. So like I'm a tattoo artist and like the mm-hmm. rinse cups when you're using like black ink. I, every single I just if I drink it I'll become one. Like I just think. <laughs> like, <laughs> drink the ink water i'm, I'm oh, gonna become prawn. <laughs> i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a prawn. Yeah. <laughs> that's disgusting it's awful yeah <laughs> oh, just no. like the movie yep yeah the uh i agree with you about the body horror it's one of the most disturbing aspect oh, aside that's... from the plot itself it's, uh, good lord that's a level that i had not connected to it on viscerally yeah for sure. The, uh, I mean, we can, we can, I feel like the, and I, I think I was mentioning like how they use like the found footage kind of style and back and forth in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, where it is in the kind of the, the kind of taking you back towards the end, you know, and then back towards the beginning. But the, the beginning, since I think we should talk about the apartheid maybe first as kind of the parallel throughout the movie. So I don't know if anyone has any specific, sort of thoughts about i mean i think when the movie came out for me i was aware of the politics around it before i'd seen it so it was one of those things but i can't i couldn't, couldn't even imagine going into it without any knowledge and then just it, it, it's impossible to like you said Libby, like the entire movie is that thread yeah so like when like when if you look at the date of when the um ship first gets in there it's like 1982 and that's right when um sort of the Nelson Mandela phase began like the phase of the apartheid in South Africa of like when he was jailed and all the other revolutionaries that went along with him in order for other countries to pick up the embargoes and stuff that um, really um, brought an end to the apartheid. And it, this movie was just like a, um, cut and paste so they cut the entire nelson mandela stuff out and just pasted in these um aliens living there um and uh, one thing that um after going back and learning more about the apartheid is the levels that they had the discrimination against the different types of people um that it, it was really um like how he, they called him a half breed where like they had, um, like there was like the, you know, the black people, they had Indian people, they had mixed race people and like white people and they were all on different levels and viewed different legally, the same as they were like, well, they're half breeds or they had, um, I, I don't, I don't know that that, like that was just one of many lines I could draw from um the south african history at the time and this movie i don't know if anybody else saw that those things in there absolutely one of the, the 1982 stuck out with me for sure yeah yeah like i noticed the date, the, the date, the date right there. away on on this watch i noticed mm-hmm. the date and i was thinking about like when the movie came out and there's kind of an interesting thing that we could talk about, like what American politics was doing at the time that made you see this movie through a whole different lens, because we were we were dealing with strangers coming from from somewhere else to harm us. And like we kind of had that that idea, like in 
in in the American zeitgeist. Not that any of it was true or real, but that's what they were telling us. And then this movie comes along and there's literal aliens that are seeking refuge in a strange land. And so I think a lot of I think a lot of American audiences at the time put that on it. But I but yeah, I right a is it a decade? When when they were um not to get to the end of the movie or whatever, but they literally said, oh, it's terrorist attacks when they were trying to get into the MNU building using the um, weapons that they had stolen from the, um, oh, I forget the name of the, like the, um, the, the black guy in the wheelchair. I can't remember. Um, uh, I can't remember his name, but the, the Nigerians, I, yeah. Oh, I have we'll, thoughts we'll on that. We'll get there, but I have I have so many thoughts. Yes. <laughs> I have oh. so many thoughts about You mean the, the Nigerians the painted with the are. broadest right. brush ever? Oh, the, yeah, oh boy, just just evil evil black people. And then you were like, "Don't even look at them. Don't even look at them." That it was like, "We're just pretending that's not happening. We're just we're not even they weren't even doing anything about the treatment of the I, the, I don't know what else to call him, but prawn. They said it was a slur, but like we're not. So like, yeah. we're, we're not given the real name. Prawn. That's one of the yeah, things you don't really. Don't, yeah, yeah, they don't have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wrote in my notes just alien because I because as soon as I wrote down prawn as a slur, I was like, oh, shit. well, now I don't know what to call him. <laughs> so I was like, well, the aliens yeah. in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we could say aliens. In the- yeah, it's just the, they're the aliens. aliens. Yeah. <laughs> They were they were so human. <laughs> they were yeah. certainly more human than the people that were hunting them. If we're being yeah. honest, yeah. Um, and I think I think yeah. the movie tried to go out of its way to portray them as such. Now, whether it was successful or not is um, sort of a a different subject. But it's clear that they did try. I think so. I, I think, think so too. The, but there are parts where it was a little strange. The main character Wickes, he that he found his humanity in becoming one of them. Like he he was totally a fascist, totally like dehumanizing any of them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're mm-hmm. just they signed this paper. Mm-hmm. He knew all the the entire time that he was sending them to a concentration camp. He admitted that later mm-hmm. as he found his humanity. So I I think it was very successful in showing the humanity and showing that they were just like us. I think I think it was successful too. I think there were there were parts where I think it could have been um, a little more direct, but uh, we can get into that later. But one of the things that you brought up, Libby, that I think uh, I would like to expand on too, that I think is a really interesting part of this movie, is that like one of the questions I had is, would Vickis have continued with his role in this system had he not been exposed to the fluid, had he not been changed? And of course, the answer is yes. Right. So the right. I actually have a, a bunch of complaints about this movie as much as I enjoyed it. Right. But like uh, one of the things, one of the questions that I think was the most interesting that it brought up to me was or not questions was one, one of the, the ideas that it posed was how uh, systemic inertia is so powerful. Because this man who has these ideas changed and warped by his own personal experiences, it's very clear, would have continued down the path of evil had it not affected him personally. Yeah, well, so one question I have about that, though, is um, 
the so he got his position through nepotism, mm-hmm. right? So it was like his father-in-law that put him there. Did the father-in-law put him there because he liked him or that or because he hated him? Did he put him there to fail? You know, like so would he have? I don't know, because I don't know if that position was necessarily appropriate for him. That's a fair point. I don't I don't think he I don't think he put him there to fail because at the celebration, he's pissed off at him. Oh, yeah. The father yeah. comes up and he shakes him. I, 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 full disclosure, guys, right before I walked into my studio, I hit stop on the movie. I, the credits rolled and I ran up here. I watched it yesterday. So, <laughs> so it's very, 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 very fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, um, yeah, he was like, he's pissed off at him. He's cursing him out. Like, you better not mess this up for me. Like, I got a lot riding on this. What happened out there today? Like, they're, they were not happy with, oh, and that was the other thing that I thought was really interesting, too. So, like, they're sending them to concentration camps, and they know the bad place that they're going to end up going. But they're saying, but he said to him, too many of them died out there. But then you see, like, well, then it's, it's it's almost like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand. Yeah. Doing. Well, then yeah. It said the population was two point five million and growing. But one thing about the party, when he walked in and said, "I may have crapped myself a little," and everybody goes, "Surprise!" That's so good. How much <laughs> he crapped himself? Like, do you think it was just a little bit more, or do you think it was just like? Okay, it's over. <laughs> There's definitely poop in his face <laughs> yes. uh, when he fell down. Yeah, like, uh, can we talk that, about like, the fact that this clearly, clearly sick man was cutting that <laughs> cake? So I funny. wouldn't have let him near anything that was food. I'm like, he's sick. Someone he's so put him, let him lie down. <laughs> but I do, I, I do have another question though about um, the putting him in that position to fail and all that. Uh, you have to ask yourself too. Like, does that actually matter? Because if he had failed in that position, does that change or would that have changed his um, personal opinions on the aliens? Whether he had power to do anything about it would have changed since he might not have been in that position in the government anymore or in MNU. I mean, he did seem to have like some empathy. That's too far. Maybe not empathy. He did have some. Maybe it was like he felt it did seem like they tried to make it him have like a connection to them or like he had this innate ability to like communicate with them in some way that others yeah. didn't have. Right. Wasn't that a little weird? It but just felt when, like he was a career when, man. When they first got there, right. right. The guys all were like ready to shoot. He's like, no, 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 don't shoot. And he starts hucking the cat food at him. Yeah. Instead. And they're like, is that tear gas? Like, no, 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 it's cat food. They really like it. So like he did have like, a fundamentals like fundamental good attributes to him i even agree when he- right yeah which i think speaks to the systemic evil because he's doing evil things even when he has opinions that are even marginally better than his mm-hmm. co-workers yeah. but he yeah that's he he's shown to be such a selfish he person he really is literally Till almost the last scene of the movie, I was waiting for some kind of like I forgot if, if there was some sort of redemption arc, and there really isn't. Like everything he does till his last act is in his best interest. It is still in his best interest to get Christopher Johnson. <laughs> that's what I that's believe for, his name is Christopher yeah. Johnson to get him off the to get him off the planet. 
because he the only way that he can be turned back human and he doesn't know how long it's you know sure it takes three years but i don't know three years he turns back into a human fine or whatever it helped save these people but that's still his best option it's either that or get shot to death so he's like yeah i'm just gonna go do that one but i'm real jazz that was the whole movie (laughs) he's a jerk the the whole time um sequel is gonna be where they're gonna take his character from there well it's supposed to be in the united based on around the united states apparently is like the rumor oh really so we're not gonna hear about what happened over there anymore i don't think so i think it's completely like an unrelated sequel supposedly interesting Um, Oh, that'd be that'd be interesting. I was really kind of hoping for a District Ten. Yeah, you know, well, just I think to it's see. still supposed to be called District Ten, but I don't understand how it could not be about this thing. But let, let me—I have another question since you brought up sort of his his arc at the end, which I also felt that way. Like he found excuse after excuse to not really help them. He was only doing things selfishly, and maybe this is like jumping ahead to something that we we talked about the movie, some of the characters, but. How do you see it? I mean, it's pretty easy to see this movie a lot like I feel like Elysium, the other the director's other movie, also like Avatar, James Cameron, which is who also helped finance produce this movie as just a straight white savior arc. And mm-hmm. that was like one of the first questions on my list that I was going to say. I kind of skipped the first one that I, or we'll go back to, I think. But does that does that what you just said, Ryan, about how he like is unredeemable and he's completely selfish until the very last ending of this movie? Does that jive with the saint with that being? Do, do, do you still see it? And I guess I guess certainly has one more one more part. It's also not like a happy ending. He doesn't get a happy ending. He still becomes an alien for good. Only two of the aliens actually leave. All the rest of their compatriots are left behind. It's not a happy ending. Right. So is it still, would you still then say that it's like a white savior type of arc for him? I think it has that air to it, but I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it sticks the landing if that's what they were trying to do. I had two, I had two thoughts on this. One, my initial thought was this is an allegory for apartheid and you guys had had it within you to make the hero a white guy like you you and and it's such a clear allegory for it like it's it's absolutely if you know anything about apartheid even on accident you could pick up like where they're talking about it with this movie so to have the character be a, a the main character be a white man that saves them and literally no south africans in the movie like we see them in the beginning during the riots and then it's like there's no black South Africans at all, even though District 9 is supposed to be right next to a township that's outside of Johannesburg. So there would be black people everywhere. But not to not he's correct you in that. But there was one, I think, important role that there was um, a black South African man who he um, was awaiting imprisonment for blowing the whistle on the yeah and showing all the data that they knew everything all along and um was able to um sort of and maybe it does actually reinforce this but it sort of um gives wickis the um pass like that he wasn't this bad guy that they made him out to be like they cleared his name so they make him into the good guy even more so and i think that falls into like the white savior trope there too but 
I guess my point was like the care of the characters that we follow. Yeah. If we see black people, they're bad guys. Yeah. The, except for that one guy that we saw. It's it's really only the some of the first act, like yeah. that we see that character after that initial raid. That character is gone until the yeah. end of the movie mm -hmm. when he comes back when they do the bookend with the documentary style view of it. So my initial thought was like that's kind of crappy but then as i got to the end of the movie i'm like but he's a he's still a bad guy right like this isn't a happy movie the movie is pretty cynical like the movie is is it's not a, like a completely sad movie or anything like that but like the movie's pretty cynical about just like even if he did the right thing it isn't good mm -hmm. like he let them he, all he did was not get in the way like he helped but he also brought the problem so he solved somewhat a problem that he created in the first place and all they want to do is leave that's mm -hmm. that's the thing that they want to do is leave and that's why i want to see district 10 following this story because i want to know why they're even there and why they want to leave like i i want that story that's the movie i want to watch I, the alien should have been the main character. I want to hear what the country <laughs> song would be about Wiccas. Like, he's like, oh, I turned into an alien, and then I couldn't have a girlfriend, and then I made her little metal roses. Hank <laughs> like, Williams the fifth. I drank that black tattoo liquid. <laughs> there is there is one other, there is one other, like, speaking role of um, a black person, like a black South African back when and i so the way i view this movie is i think it's actually like two movies like kind of shoved into one right there's the first one that's like sort of a thoughtful meditation on apartheid and there's the second one which is just sort of like a moderately intelligent um mech action movie right uh and but but in the right. first half uh like right at the beginning we have that woman who's the like like a black woman who's being interviewed and she initially says what sounds like, and and I think this sort of characterizes almost the whole movie, right? Um, I think the movie is quite liberal, like it's a very liberal movie. Like it ha it brings mm -hmm. up good points, but it doesn't offer any kind of prescriptions beyond liberalism, right? And she says, "Well, we're spending so much money, and I'm not that happy about that on like um, these aliens, right?" And then. That sounds like almost reasonable the way she frame, frames it, not the way I just said it, but the way that she says it in the actual quote. But then she follows that up but with, but at least we're keeping them separate, which means that, again, they have a black speaking part that is not a good person. So they definitely falls more into sort of a white savior trope. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to me. Like as we're discussing this, I'm I'm realizing it more and more. We follow it, we follow from the perspective of almost in any other movie, Wiccas is the antagonist the whole time, and we would be following the alien. And I think that's where they didn't stick the landing. I think that's where it feels like is this a white savior movie? Because he's our main character, and he really shouldn't be. He should be a side character, and our main character that we follow should be the alien, mm -hmm. and he should be a side character that speaks English for and, us. And that's all. That's yeah, all he's our, there for. Our, our avatar the, for the audience. Yeah. Right. But instead, he's positioned as the hero 
but nobody wants to be in his shoes because he's awful. Mm-hmm. Like so, he, he's such a so it's really hard to relate with him. He's a very unlikely main character in a movie, and I feel like in general, I just I feel like it's not the typical right. type of lead trope you'd get. And and it's you, the thing I wanted to, you mentioned that that was interesting is that you talked about it being liberal, and one of the questions I had on my uh, sheet was relating to liberal and i think it also plays we didn't really talk about the mnu which is sort of like the peacekeeping military organization humanitarian stand-in for like you know nato NATO, whatever you want to call it (laughs) and so well here's here's sort of like my thought and question and maybe this comes into play too is so they don't really give any sense of what to do other than to move them to another place that's slightly better than the place they are that will just be what they refer to literally as a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. Well, or so better. They, what they talk what they talked about. So um try to see what what are they gaining from having them around, right? And that was their weaponry. That's all that they wanted from yep, them. That was a big exactly. part of the movie. And um, this is separate, but I wanted to talk about that trailer abortion that they did where it was like popcorn. Oh, and he's yeah. like, oh, he's like pulls a soda can out of there and he's like, check it out. You want to do it too? And um, during that whole part, it was like he, he was so reckless and just so hyper about everything. He deserved to breed that can of st- like he that needed to happen to that character um or to his character but um i thought it w- the way that they were so you said it was like a good mech movie and the way that the aliens were so intertwined with um technology mm-hmm. and with um mechanicals that it, i i just can't wait to see more and more i wanted to see more on the ship I wanted to see, okay, how did they make the babies in the trailer? Like that, like a trailer abortion with fire was just like something. And, and like, they're like, it's like popcorn. And it really brought me back to like in Futurama when they were eating. I don't know if you, oh, yeah. maybe this is I know exactly what you're talking about. Drama, when they oh, were like, oh, they, were, they thought they were chicken yeah. nuggets yeah, or something. <laughs> Yeah. I really. Oh yeah, and they find out that they're like eggs, and they were. I alive. can literally sing the entire song from that episode right now, but I'll spare all of you. <laughs> it was you're completely right. Is that what they want? Is they're conducting tests to create someone that he was. Wickes was the thing that they wanted, and they got by accident. Right? It's it was an accident that he inhales the canister, and then they can use him for their tests and their. You know, his father-in-law shows his true colors when they're like, yeah, just cut him open and, you know, take his organs and everything like that. Um, but so, uh, oh God, what was the thing I was going to ask about it? Oh, and so the this organization, MNU, is like the stand-in. And they, I think, I don't remember who mentioned it too, is there's no mention of the South African, because there's no, even even the white South African government is just completely absent in this movie and you're 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 shown mnu as the it's different from like when they arrive in 82 until the present time i think that's when the creation of mnu occurs to control them right they said that mnu was the world's number two weapons right dealers exactly it's all about all that all it is it's all them just handling the weaponry and it's they it must be the reason that they're stepping over 
are stepping on the feet of the South African government is that is for the weapons is for the, and um, the the way that they can um, they keep them around to do the experiments to figure out their um, next set of ammunition, ammunition, whatever, however their gun trades work for them. Yeah. That's my theory in the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't tell if MNU is supposed to be like mercenaries or something like at the at the beginning i wrote down i was like are they mercenaries but then it seems like they're kind of like the the foregone conclusion to like to a corporate entity just running amok it's, it's being so like in charge of something profit NATO is what it seems like. yeah because well, when NATO's they show them well, <laughs> <laughs> right. When they, when they, but when they show them doing the raid or like doing the, the, the removal, whatever you want to call it, and they got all those white trucks and they're they're going in, uh, they're go they're going into the the district, and they're showing that. I thought it was like really interesting. I'm like, where where is the government? Where is anybody? This is just like some guys. Who told them to go do this? Like what they didn't really establish that like in the movie, you just assume like, I mean, I guess they must have clearance from the government or the government is so screwed up that like this company just runs it. But it's like they're they They have the authority to do these things or tell them to do stuff. But I think it's interesting when they try to give the paperwork to uh, Christopher Johnson alien and he reads it and he goes, this isn't legal. You can't do this. I know my rights. And I was like, uh, and, and I thought that was a great part because at that part, Vickis pretends that he can't understand him because for the rest of the movie and, and before that he understands their language the whole time. And when he's saying this isn't legal, I'm not going to sign this. He, he turns to the other guys and it does like a bad translation. He's like, Oh, uh, uh, maybe he's, he's just kind of confused. Hold on. Let me talk. Let me talk to him for a second. And then he tries to get down on his level and then just threatens Mm -hmm. him about his kids because he's a bad guy. They they use (laughs) like every play out of the genocide playbook Mm -hmm. that they used to, um, on these people, like the same as like, well, they control their reproduction. They can't, they're like, well, I'm just kicking you off of this land. You're going over here. We'll take your babies from you. You know, like they're just going right down the genocide playbook. Well, one of the things. Oh, just one thing I wanted to, to note because it's sticking out in my mind. They did there. There was a huge loss in because I think the movie takes place over what, like a week? No, it's they, like 70, they count the it's hours. Like it's it's yeah. yeah, seventy-four hours or something. By the end of that, they they killed three hundred thousand of those Jesus. aliens because uh, it. Well, I guess we don't know how long it happens between the final shot of him and when they say that District Ten is Mm -hmm. completed because the number that they give at district 10 is uh 20 20 uh 2.5 million but the number that they said in the beginning was 2.8 million yep because i wrote down both numbers and i was like wait a second oh shit so they lost three hundred thousand of them in this transfer wow and the in the fighting and the war and all that and it's just kind of just hand waved over just like a little tiny just little detail really clever kind of detail to show that like this was not a good thing that happened to these i wonder 
how that when they say that the population is growing, though, I had a couple of questions because um, I don't know if you noticed, but in the beginning, they show the guy, the one of the aliens that was like really wanting the cat food. He's like, sign this paper, we'll give you the cat food. He had like a hat on, like yeah, a, uh, with a spinner, with like the spinny thing, and it it mm-hmm. makes me wonder. They said this was the first time they ever transitioned a human over to an alien, but it makes me wonder, is that true? Like, how is this population growing? If they're stopping them from having babies, but they're saying that the population is growing, and then the way that they put the dot, dot, dot made me think that it might not necessarily be them reproducing because they don't have the, like, they don't have, when they move them into these white tents, presumably they don't have the um, access to like any mechanical stuff to be putting the soda cans in the trailer to be putting their babies together in there. So I wonder how that population is growing. I wonder um, what's it growing to? Where's it coming from? I don't know. Is Did anybody? And also when they were having like the little shrimpies fighting at the beginning and they were like betting on it, were those little shrimpies like babies or were they like some other species? Smaller. Where were they coming yeah. from? What, you know, hard what was that? Yeah, they seemed like they were like dogs or something. Yeah. yeah. I think that, um, I think that, that because this, okay. So I think it's an excellent question, Libby. Like, and I hadn't thought of it like that. And I, I'm really, really interested in that line of thinking, but so one of the and I, I think that could be sort of sort of intersected by what I was thinking when I was watching the movie, right? So I one of my main complaints about the movie is that there is sort of um there there's absolutely no consistency in how it's produced or presented to us. Like it starts off as found footage and it it ends like it's not like it's almost found footage, but in between it's not, right? And I think that has to do just in the real world with the fact that it was like a short movie that was then picked up by like a big production company. I think it was either Spielberg or Cameron. What was it? Um, uh, Cameron, yeah. Cameron, yeah. And and said, oh, we're going to make this, right? But I've got some notes, right? So if you were to take it as being presented as found footage and just presented to us as in-universe propaganda, then – to say that the uh, population of the aliens is growing, it makes sense if it's actually not, and it's being presented to the other people, the humans in the universe, as if this population that is actually being decimated is growing because it's a threat, right? I mean, that's the same propaganda we see in the real world, right? We see it with um, like uh, like ethnic cleansing in China or or um, they talk about like like or to be to be crass about it like black on black crime is is increasing when we know it's like not right but it's 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 this media being presented to us as if there were some sort of problem there that is not it's hard to argue that that is actually the case because the movie itself is so all over the place and how it's presented to us but it's an interesting yeah. view to take yeah I'm not sure if I'm willing to give up on the idea that the population is growing somehow. And that's because of the way that the, um, you know, the, I forget the woman who was talking. She was very, um, a, a lot of the people who were talking in the documentary style at the end were very sympathetic to the mm-hmm. aliens and 
um, very knowledgeable about what happened and very sympathetic to Wiccas and everything. So I wonder if, because it was coming from that perspective, that that information was being given to us, the audience. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if, but it's so, it would be really fun to see what's going to happen in district 10 mm-hmm. to tell us maybe they'll address that there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's hard to say either way. Right. Yeah. Like, well, something to keep in mind too, in universe, there was a throwaway line that he had. Um, Cause I tried to write down or notice like everything that he said whenever he went into a shack. Cause he kept saying like, you don't have a permit for this. You don't have a permit for that. Which leads me to believe that like, they do have, someone has a permit for that or like there was a system in place and when he went into and saw the eggs he was like oh there's no way that they have a permit for this so does that mean that there are permits and when he saw the kid he said did you get a permit for that mm-hmm. to, to have him and he and he said yes so i almost assumed that they reproduce asexually at, at somehow because we're never introduced to like another another mate but we might have been remember that was the person that that christopher saw on the um on the table in the lab yeah oh yeah it's like ambiguous but yeah yeah. it It is ambiguous yeah or it's or i mean because because then right after that he his his reason for i have to go back to my planet instead of helping you is i can't let this happen to my people Mm -hmm. and that was after he saw the, the body mm-hmm. on the table or like all the he saw everything in that room because he was like what's going on here and basically just stopped fighting because he was so taken mm-hmm. aback here's one other thing about the permit thing that made me think about it too is when they're off on his when he's promoted wickes and he's going like door to door essentially to evict them which is ridiculous they don't i mean and i feel like they only did that because there's like humanitarian aid groups oh, kind of watching Jesus. them it felt like they make it sound like I think that they had had created a census for the for them for the for the aliens and they knew who lived where like I feel like they had a lot more information about their I don't know their district 9 than you're kind of led to believe or that they share with you so that makes me think they do know the population numbers perhaps they do know that some are allowed to to prosper more than others and maybe it's that it's really cool and rad of them to just be like, oh, don't look at them taking advantage, exploiting the aliens well, for cat food. Don't look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really yeah. awesome of them. I mean, and there is also like kind of a, like this is something that I thought of while watching it because you're right. It's um, basically two movies smashed together. Like there is like our perspective, third person movie perspective like the god camera mm-hmm. but then there's also the boots on the ground camera because it's supposed to be a documentary right. like they set up these talking heads with the lower thirds and the whole thing like it's set as a documentary but anybody who's ever worked on documentaries or, or anything like that there's a story being told like yes they captured everything that was there but there's also at the end of when you get all your footage you still got to put a story together so it's almost like the people making this documentary it was going to be like this would have been one of those netflix ex expose like scathing documentaries that everybody watched and went holy crap i can't believe that's what it's really like so is the in-world camera crew responsible for 
our like bad view of um Wiccas in the beginning like does he seem so so like two-faced because they kept showing him in different lights like they're because you can tell like they're trying to build a story because they interview all the same I think it's like eight or nine people that they show at the end of the movie. They show at the beginning and they're all like, I, I can't believe he did that. What a bastard, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end of it, they're all saying, oh, nobody knows what happened to him. I hope he's okay. He's probably in a better place. Like they all are. It's, it's that documentary thing where they cut off at the incendiary part of the interview mm -hmm. and then they're going to bookend with like the rest of it later. But we just don't get the middle part of that it the, the middle part of that documentary because they didn't show it because they didn't show yeah. it to us. The, the, we got a movie in the middle of the documentary, so it, 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 they, it's almost like they had two characters happening at the same time. The character that in world they're building this character, and the movie's character. Mm -hmm. So that's there. does so that make it sense? Be, it would be like if Blair Witch had another story like interlaced into it. Is what you're saying? Yeah, that wasn't found footage. Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah. or have you guys seen? Actually, have you guys seen the latest Paranormal Activity? Uh, uh, I haven't seen the newest I one. I think now. it's like Ken Kinship or whatever. They they do this bit, but they do it better. Like so, you don't really notice when it's the god camera. It happens a few times, and they explain it away by saying that like they have a drone with them they show it one time they show the drone once and they go yep we have a drone with us and then now we're going to be able to have establishing shots for the rest of the movie and we won't have to talk about it uh, but yeah they I, I think i think that that movie is a good example of like how to show the characters when the cameras are off and when the character when the cameras are on and not have the audience feel confused but this, because they, it was like the beginning of a documentary, when you start the film, it's very confusing in the middle after the attack or after he's like infected where he's just completely changed or like the, or like the mm -hmm. view, the meta view of the, of the film I, is completely different. I wonder different. because, so here's something, the whole movie is uncomfortable, right? You're uncomfortable the whole time. The, when they're like, when he's running around being crazy and is like, um, going it, breaking down doors, you're seeing how they live, they're liking cat food, everything's chaotic. Um, right up until the end when there's like a dual, like you're, you're feeling like, you're like, good, he needed to get sprayed in the face with that shit. And then also you're like feeling badly, like, oh, the wife, all of that, you know, like you're uncomfortable the whole movie. I wonder if that sort of is actually consistent with that is like, is this a documentary? This is uncomfortable. This is like un kind of difficult to watch. I wonder if maybe it's just part of the aesthetic of the entire movie. Yeah, could be that the th the through mm. line they were going for to try to um, link the two sort of separate projects together for sure. It's just we're gonna be uncomfy, and that's just how it is. But they do they do in um, yeah some of the later beginning if that makes any sense like some of the later of the la the latter parts of the first third of the movie uh especially when they start to actually raid the um the shack that Christopher and his son are in that's when they really start putting in um shots that are uh as Ryan says the god god camera you know uh the 
stuff that's clearly not documentary. And and particularly, it's when they start uh, bleeding in like shots of Christopher himself uh, sneaking around the shack that that clearly documentary cameras were not showing, were not capturing. And that's when it started to get a little right. confusing right. to me. I really do think that it's hard to make any kind of decision or analysis about the presentation of the movie because of the presentation of the movie. I, I do feel like it was two separate creators adding their both of their very powerful voices into it, one being the originator and the other being essentially the money and the clout. And I don't necessarily think that that detracts from the movie, but it's it just makes it more difficult to analyze it. Well, it does. Like you have the the perception you have of the MNU and kind of the 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 mood of the people. One thing we didn't really talk about at the very beginning of the movie, they also interview some people like in the community. Mm -hmm. I think they interview. They don't. I don't. I don't know that it's a South African woman that they interview, but they they are building the narrative of the other alien bad causing crime. They're like, you know, to worry about them stealing your sneakers, I think is one of the lines they mentioned. So they're kind of talking about that. And then you kind of changes, like you said, in the middle, um, but maybe to slightly change a little bit of subject. I have, well, I have a question about Wickes is he says later, he doesn't, didn't know about the medical experiments. That's bullshit. No, probably. Yeah, I I felt I felt like he really didn't because when he was when he went down there, he was confused. He was like, what and the fuck? I, yeah. Yeah, because he I think he knows hmm. that I think he knows that they're that on the street, they kill them with impunity. I think he gets that because he kept calling them cowboys and they shoot first, ask questions later. He repeated that line a few times. So I think he knows that like, ugh, if I bring the military, the, the militarized security with me, they're going to shoot people. So I got to be careful and try to like do my bureaucratic thing. I think he knows that like basically they're concentration camps and they're much smaller than even the shacks. I think he knows that they're that they're demolishing the shacks because they this is my like headcanon. They let the Nigerians in there so that the Nigerians could capture all of the weaponry mm -hmm. and put it in one spot. And then they would just take it and away. And then once they had once they had enough, then they were going to come in, bulldoze everything, yeah. and take all the take sort all. Sort of weapons. like how the United States so uses ISIS and stuff but... like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What? No way. Not, <laughs> not 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 the United States. We've never done anything bad. We only do good 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 things. <laughs> oh, you're right. I'm sorry. My bad. So maybe he was naive <laughs> to it. Like he knew it was a thing that was probably happening, but he didn't realize the scope of right. it. That's exactly what you. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like he knew there was more evil shit, but didn't know what the evil shit was. Yeah, yeah. because I think even when he's putting his hand in the gun and he's like going to shoot it and they're like trying to see if he I think even the shooting range, he's like kind of confused. It's it's hard to tell. But his body's also it's, like becoming an alien know, a little at the bad same time. Like, he's like completely disoriented. But he does say, I'll shoot a pig. Yeah, I'll somewhere between pig. like bad writing, bad acting. He, he knows what Did he's you, going. Right, well, now, right, right, right. He now, didn't I gotta, I gotta push back on what you just said there, because I actually think that, the uh, what's his name, the guy that plays uh, Vickis, did an incredible job. You know, all of his lines were uh, improvised. Really? Yeah, it's what? literally on the Wikipedia. Really? Holy shit, I had it open. I didn't see that oh, part. Mm -hmm. I missed that. That's wild. 
that's wild. Did any of you that's notice just... the um, the lines you could draw to um, the toxicity of capitalism in there um, with Wickus's character when he was um, when he first got his promotion and he's just working and working and working and he was so ill. And he's like, yeah, I got black stuff coming. It was like, he didn't even notice how sick he was. He's like puking everywhere. He's shitting his pants. He's like, like if I go to work and I shit my pants at work, I'm like, my day's over. He was like, no, I got to keep, I got to keep going. And he was just like totally grinding through it. And it was like the toxic grind mentality that he had for like his position there. And not only that, but one thing about his character, he's totally the dude in a zombie movie that gets bitten and doesn't tell anybody because mm-hmm. that's, that's just what was happening. One to him. He goes to work with a bite mark and like you know wears like a long sleeve shirt bike. to hide it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but says, "Oh nothing, no, <laughs> yeah. oh nothing." I'm, I'm, I'm completely that's fine. Not, that's not an alien hand. Mm-mm, nope, no, I got to go to work. No, it's just well, it's you, just giant eczema. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you mentioned the beating uh, black, and they're like, uh, "You got a little something," and then never like like it w- if that happened at work, we'd be like, "Oh my god, did you see his nose is like bleeding the it, the tattoo juice?" Like, I don't know. That's not how we should like call someone or something. But like, depressingly, at my work, we'd be like, "Oh my god, he's bleeding out of his nose." But thank God he's here because I need him to work on this project for me. You know, like, right. <laughs> so, but there were, like when I like at the beginning, I was like, there's so many things to unpack. And there, there's like the capitalism, there's the genocide, there's mm-hmm. the um, disease, there's like there's the um, apartheid, you know, like there's just so many things that we could look at at this. There's there's something I, I, I want your guys opinion on because it, it stuck out to me and I always try to try to notice like this one thing i thought was interesting is that they never referred to they were they only referred to the aliens as invaders they touched a little bit on like we're spending too much money i think that was like almost like not just like a throwaway line but like they said it only once they didn't really come back to it but something that they came back to like three or four times um and i'm curious what you guys think about this is they kept saying when you bring in the guns, you bring in the crime. They kept cutting back to that that same one woman. They kept saying, "When you bring in the guns, you bring in the crime. You bring in the guns. There, where where there are guns, there are crime. There is crime." Yeah, yeah. And the one thing I thought was interesting, which this is, you know, the 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 lefty analysis, right? Is that sounds some like some they never talk about they never they. they never talk about why the guns are there or why the crime is Mm -hmm. there like they never talk about like what what breeds the bringing of guns into the situation because they don't need they don't need guns they're trapped they are stuck in that place they cannot get out there there shouldn't be crime there like it doesn't make any sense unless there's such a lack of resources that even in a in a uh, completely sectioned off part of the entire city where no one can go in and no one can come out. Mm-hmm. It's so resource lacked that they have to they have to fight each other to eat tires or garbage right. or whatever yeah. they end up just finding and stuff. Not like to that. mention, and it's it's never 
never talked about. Like, so I'm just curious, like what you, if you guys noticed that, what you thought about it. Oh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, and I, I, I apologize for that. I thought you were done, but like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, and not, not to mention, like, you bring up basically material conditions, right? Like, that's the whole question that the movie certainly doesn't actually answer. Um, but you bring up like eating the tires, and another fucking thing is uh, the uh, the Nigerians writ large eating alien parts, and. I feel like that's almost like I don't think the movie was trying to because I don't think the movie ha- I don't think the movie had these questions in mind. It wasn't even trying to answer them. But you were asking like um, like what kind of resources were brought into the into the area? You know why would they even have the guns? You know what was like that? It's like obviously like it's not like all these like people there are living off alien flesh and thus and then trading the guns for alien flesh. But I feel like it's almost like implied in the movie. It's very strange and just like all over the place. At, like in watching this movie and knowing I was coming to talk about it, I did like a deep dive into like South African history as much as I could in internet sleuthing, right? And um, I came up with how the how why England became so interested in South Africa, and that was for the diamonds and the gold that exists there, right? The and you can draw a direct line with why are they so interested in keeping these aliens segregated and right where they are, and that's the weapons. It's it like you can draw. It's the same thing. It's not necessarily diamonds or gold, but it's their weapon capabilities. It's resources. the way that they know how to build weapons that they're able to extract that as a resource from them. Yeah. So they need to keep them alive. They need to keep them, but. Um, they don't need to keep them happy. They don't need to keep them well. They just need to keep them. Yeah. And, and on top of that, too, and they don't really ever mention this and they never really – I want. Well, I have two questions that I wonder beyond that is, do they perceive that they may need them beyond their weapons for a labor force within you know, South Africa, perhaps? And then the other side of things, when you were talking about, Ryan, with the, the crime aspect of it, and I think what you said, too, Nat, is they don't – I feel like those ways of describing or mentioning, you know, crime comes with, you know, came with the the other people that are brought in is they don't even it, it's like that's the way that they're using to other them in, in this sense, too. And they don't the movie doesn't even bring any solutions really to anything. Like I feel like nothing is solved. Like their solution is just to move them into crappier places to exploit them and you know let them die they don't even consider helping them leave right that's never even presented as an option i know that's a lot of two separate things but that's kind of what i was thinking about it i don't know that yeah suit that was there that was like catching the bullets and then it was like like right back that was really rad and that was a great moment when he hucked a pig at that guy, that I, it was just like, can we have I, in the sequel, like, are they going to be like hucking donkeys? Are they going to be like, what's I need to see more of that happening, I think is going to be an awesome touch in the future. Whoever decided to put that in is I am happy for that decision. Depends on which which parties in, in power in America at the time. They'd be hucking donkeys or hucking elephants. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have a nitpick. Uh, I have a nitpick about powers like or like 
some sort of power shown like that because they show like all the guys are shooting the guns at the thing and the thing just stops it and the bullets they do the neo all the bullets stop in front and then he's able to shoot him back and i'm like wow that's awesome let's hope for the next 30 minutes you never do that again like that let's it, but then the it's literally taken down by just regular bullets. Well, okay. Just regular well, bullets shooting I, a I, lot. I can, I'm going to back this up with what I okay. noticed in the movie. I'm, I can <laughs> get into this movie. Okay. So if you know, like the one controlling it when it catches the bullets is the son. That's the Michael guy's son. who He was like in control of it remotely, right? And then mm-hmm. when Wickes was taken down in it, he was still a half human. He had, that was his first time even like using any of that technology. So that was him using that Iron Man suit. So it, if the son was using that Iron Man suit, I think would have been much more successful in using that to um, cut like in the combat sense. But it's still really cool that every time he was like, oh, there's a target and it would just go. And then they would just like vaporize. That's was- a great point. That's yeah. a really good point. I, I I was shouting at my TV. Just keep <laughs> shooting. I would have just held my arms up and just spun around in a circle. <laughs> I mean, he had two machine guns or or whatever. They're lasers. He doesn't know what it does. Just keep firing yeah. and spin in a circle. <laughs> a whole new world has been opened to this man <laughs> in so <laughs> many ways. <laughs> Well, one thing that they that they do in the documentary part of this film is they demonize the alien as being like not intelligent. And I think there's one line where they refer to them as workers that they don't think for themselves and they take they yes, don't take the man workers. But they have the most they came here on a spaceship and mm-hmm. they have weapons that they can't even use. And it's they're describing them as these like stupid people who have no intelligence they, who can't they needed it. to be othered but so remember can, and and, yeah. and and libby you're absolutely right and remember how we we're first uh introduced to the aliens because humans had had to cut through the metal in the thing and they found all these things all these aliens being like starved to death on their own ship and now we have no idea what was actually happening on the ship. We only have the mm-hmm. human perspective from it, right? Mm-hmm. We do not right. know if yeah. it was like a natural biological process. The humans just misunderstood. And that could have colored, um, apart from, you know, South Africa's inherent racism, but like that could have colored like like people's like like initial ideas of what these things were like. Yes. Especially they- the 1982 mm-hmm. or yeah. 1980s. And this was yeah, they, this was like five years prior to like all the like giant like battles for independence. Like this is this is like prior to Angola and all that, right? Like like or what or what right. they're setting it up was obviously because this is I don't know if you guys don't uh, know this or not. This didn't actually happen. This movie. <laughs> 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 but I think it's a, a very fashy thing i mean that just kind of rang as like any politician that's ever tried to swindle me ever is the enemy is both weak and strong like and you have to remember that so are they this this mindless dumb thing that we have to take care of and coddle or are they so dangerous that we have to move them away are they getting out of district nine and causing fires and derailing 
trains or are they so inept that you could throw cat food at them and they will just eat that and be content because why aren't you guys just dropping pallets of cat Mm -hmm. food in there every single day to just keep them there? Like they both have to be a imminent threat, but also a burden at the same, at the same time. So that's, that's how I, and you you can, and and if, if district 10 is going to be worth its salt at all, and if, say, there's some sort of like liberation movement for them, right, you can you can run a par- – hopefully you can run a parallel between like um, like propaganda against black people like prior to the Civil War where like they're like like conniving and and like um, uh, like impish and, and tricksy, if you will. And then as soon as like, you know, the like enslaved peoples are, are freed, quote unquote, under capitalism, you know, but like uh, all the propaganda switches to like they're lazy. And they won't work for you well and all that. Like, right. and, and if District 10 does any kind of research, we can maybe assume that they'll have some sort of – something like that included in it, you know? And um, to right. sort of piggyback on that idea, I wonder sort of the their view – so like the South African racism is different than American racism. Yes. And that South African racism, you can look directly at it and they're like, yeah, no, this is what it is. It's right here on the paper. We have an outline that like, here's where you rank. Here's where you rank. Here's where you rank. In America, we don't have that. It's all very, um, oh, no, you have to like prove that the racism even exists. Like you like the reason that like you know, black schools aren't funded the same as white schools were because of, and like, you can only- A total coincidence. (laughs) A meritocracy, (laughs) if you will. It's like, you have have to sort of sift out, like, this is is what racism is. This is why it's systemic. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And you have to get people on board with it. Where in South Africa, they're all on board. They're like, yes, no, this is, we're divided- strictly by race your race is worth this much your race is worth this much and you you are brought down here because you're trying to do this and you know like so i wonder how maybe that'll be addressed in district 10 and if it is like evan like you said it would it's like set in america it, how are they going to draw the lines between like you were able in district 9 to draw all the lines between apartheid and um, the way the treatment of the aliens, how are they going to do it based in America? I think if it's based in America, it would absolutely have to be undocumented immigrants as the allegory, because I feel like that's the closer one to one because uh, like a uh, because uh, because American part uh, uh, American apartheid was was more subliminal. It, it like there were things that were in your face. We had Jim Crow. We had black codes. There were things that were definitely right in your face. But we also became post-racial before South Africa. So we also had a chance to be like, ooh, they're doing the wrong thing. And it's like, no, 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 you don't remember that part, but uh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm sorry. Everything bad that's happened in America is Reagan's fault, and I will die on that hill. Um, I'll be <laughs> right next to you. <laughs> uh, but I think I think uh, in a 2024-2025 uh, uh, District 10 movie, it would be. I think the one to one would probably be 
undocumented immigrants for uh, in in the U.S. If it was like set here, yeah, I could see that for sure. We've we've we've. I feel like you could we could spend another hour probably talking about this movie, but I wonder if anyone has any last thing, any any questions that we that we maybe didn't raise that we should touch on, or any specific thoughts you might have before we work up oh, you do have one i i have i have one thing right and i think that the okay. essence of this entire movie can be boiled down to one thing and that it's the story of a man who has a phone that lasts that the charge of which lasts for 50 <laughs> plus hours <laughs> those, those old flip phones were the shit though right like it's just a little nokia brick yeah. oh Except no snake. way he definitely has centipede yeah. on that thing <laughs> uh, I, did you all notice that when he like had escaped and he went into the schnitzel place he and he was like you are legally obligated to serve me like Very did wise. you notice that he said that yeah. and that was I did notice that and i was like wait a second is apartheid happening at the same time as this <laughs> shit Whoa, hold on. You South Africa, you guys are doing too much. <laughs> Double apartheid. And when hey, when can't... he first gets that can of cat food when he's like he's so hungry. Like they didn't serve him at the schnitzel place or whatever. And um he's so hungry and he eats the cat food. You can see him go, Oh fuck yeah. Oh, I'm eating cat food. Like you could see you could see in the <laughs> eating it. He's like, I'm still half human. I'm half alien and this is amazing. Like he you could see the um dichotomy there. And I was trying to think of a puncher for that all day and I didn't come <laughs> up with one. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because that the cat food thing and the fact that the um like main like good guy character scientist name is Christopher Johnson are like the two things, the two complaints that I had about like whether or not this this movie did a good enough job humanizing the aliens because like Christopher Johnson is like a pretty white sounding anglo name yeah they gave him if that they, name if they named him like Vigur or something like that and then still gave him the same respect like that would have been much better and the yeah. cat food thing is just right. sort of yeah. i don't want to say it's not infantilizing it's almost like animalizing yeah well maybe it's like a trope right. the same way that they do like racial tropes in the um food that they assign to different races and mm -hmm. eating too yeah yeah there was uh there was one thing that i thought was interesting because i um Actually, for my honeymoon, I went to South Africa, um, and we were in Johannesburg and Cape Town, and we camped along. Uh, it was like a trip through from Durban to um, to Cape Town, and we camped the whole way. So we drove through all these townships that looked just like this. It was really eerie, actually, like having this this like realization that like oh man, it, this this movie was very accurate with the way that they look, and like district nine looks like townships that are right outside wow. of Johannesburg. Like you drive a few minutes outside the city and that's where people Jeez. live. And I remember driving past those things and our, our, like the guide was like, you know, this, this is remnants of apartheid. People still live here. This is like the government doesn't help these townships. Like they try their hardest, like they have well water that they have to walk to. It, it's like, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. But there was one little, there was a few little South African details that I noticed in here. Black people now in South Africa don't speak Afrikaans. 
that like did you guys notice i i don't know if you watch with subtitles i watch with subtitles mm-hmm. that, yeah so it showed a few white characters and they were speaking afrikaans and every time they showed any black character if they spoke a different language it was one of the other 19 in the country uh they have 19 official languages isn't that fun <laughs> um but it was like one of the other languages every single time. And I thought that was really interesting because a couple of the times when like the the white guards are or like the militia guys are like arguing or fighting or whatever, they speak Afrikaans to each other to like naturally it just came out like they were in distress. So they just shouted something. And I thought that was really kind of an just the I don't know if they did it on purpose. It it could have been on purpose. Like this whole movie feels very political, mm-hmm. but I just, I noticed that like a lot that I was, I was almost like curious if they were going to make, try to make the aliens do that or, or something like that. And like try to make them speak, but they did, um, Hosa, uh, because they were like, they kept, they kept referring to what they, how the, the alien language as clicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was also like very, like noticeable to me. Like I, I picked it up right away as soon as they were like, "Oh, all, all those clicks! Is he clicking at me?" And it's like, very "Oh man!" Ooh. Not to mention yeah. the, the, the aliens. Um, I don't know if you would call it code switching, but they definitely use English word. Like if you listen really closely, you can hear Christopher use English words. I forget which one he says, but it's when he's telling uh vicus that it's going to be three years like he uses he yeah he oh, uses yeah. at least one english word and it's that's, that's not the only example and i can't remember the other ones huh i didn't notice that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean they they do a I great thought... job burying it in there you have to listen to it yeah. and i don't think I that don't... counts as code I, question, I, but it's, I, it's close yeah i thought i was uh hallucinating <laughs> that because i was reading the subtitle as i was listening yeah, to yeah. it yeah. but he definitely he says he says i'm sorry it sounded like you said three years and then he he looks up and he says three mm. and then and then whatever yeah. the word for years mm-hmm. is he doesn't he doesn't he says that like and in his language I didn't even but he definitely, that it's like the word yeah like he he looks up and says three yeah. at him because they're both saying it like at the same time and i was like did i just mishear that or yeah. he's talking mm-hmm. sound, to him, right? I, I i'm a hearing aids wearer and um so if there's sounds a lot of times i miss sounds mm-hmm. in movies and um, I have to rely on the subtitles. I didn't get to hear that part. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. an interesting little layer, I think, to it. Yeah. I don't know how meaningful it is, but it is there. So, you know, um, Wizard of Oz and Dark Side of the Moon? Yes. This movie, you can listen to um, the white stripes slowly turning into you <laughs> in this movie, and it does the same sort of thing. Hell yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> there was... Uh, yeah, I didn't realize. Ryan, that. did you have anything else you wanted to <laughs> Not add? Not really, but the song reminds me. <laughs> still a really good movie. I still love this movie a lot, even though I can nitpick it. To yeah, death. there was there was one there was one thing I, I just wanted to add was there was a really good shot of a uh, an alien um, being evicted as they had um, their shopping cart full of things, um, and I thought that was particularly powerful because I think I'm sure we've all seen people on just the sidewalk with the shopping cart full of things, probably as they've been evicted from wherever, whatever bridge they were living under from like us police or something like that. And um, whether that was intentional or not, I thought that was a a very good sort of one-to-one for a lot of what we're seeing today. Awesome. Well, uh, Nat and Ryan and Lestis Libby, thank you all for, for coming on and, and talking about this film. 
Of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, as uh, as always, you can listen to the podcast on uh, platform of choice and have a good one. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs>